Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Bulletproof Demo Practice Podcast. Today, we have a guest. A guest listener. It's been a long time for a guest because we, we do what everyone tells us to do. And for a while there, it was like, hey, we want more of Pete and Craig. And now I was getting the sentiment that we needed to have some, some guests. So back on the podcast is Dr. Trey Miller. But for those of you who have followed every episode, you may not have heard his name before because he was the anonymous doctor. See, Craig, how I got away from saying anonymity. Well, you just did it. Anonymity. Uh, but he was the anonymous doctor who was thinking about the startup process. If you guys look back on and maybe Trey, how long ago was that? Maybe 18 months ago? Yeah, a year and a half. And the reason we wanted to have Craig on is because we thought there was just so much to unpack here with his process. Craig, why don't you explain to everyone kind of who you are, what your process was. You were you went from associate to jumping out to having COVID to then growing crazy and just kind of explain your journey. You were a mastermind. You were in the Bulletproof Mastermind this past year as well. We'll jump in there, but why don't you just kind of start with who you are and, and uh, what you're about? Yeah. So thanks for having me on again and um, good seeing you guys. It's been, been a little while. I'm a dentist in, in North Carolina, um, outside of, outskirts of Charlotte. You know, I was in the northern part of Charlotte in the beginning of my career and worked there for three years. And quickly on, I knew I didn't want to own it. Probably wasn't going to buy into to the practice, even though it was a booming practice. You know, it was a $2.6 million practice with a 55% overhead. You know, very well established. And it just wasn't for me. It didn't align with me and my goals and career, um, you know, ideas and and what I wanted to do in life. So, so I quickly started looking at kind of doing my own thing. And the startup process was definitely more of, you know, it's kind of the uh, high risk, you know, high reward, depending on how it goes. And so, um, so I kind of jumped in head first and, um, you know, spent probably two, two and a half years kind of planning um, the process of um, opening the practice and went through a lot of different types of crazy scenarios. And I mean, there was a lot that happened through along the way. It's hard. We're not going to be able to jump into all of it, but we, um, you know, finally landed on location and planned to open, which of course was uh, May 5th of, well, it was actually probably March of last year. And, um, you know, did lots and lots of planning, lots of preparation, came out of guys' summit twice, you know, had um, read tons of books and, um, uh, you know, just just planned and planned and planned for this whole process. And then the COVID hit and, you know, kind of threw a wrench in everything. And, and we had to kind of completely switch gears and change, change the narrative and change how we did things. And, you know, for me, I, it was, you know, a scary process. And it was a scary uh, moment in time because I had no help, no support, no bank loans, no PPP loans or idle. Um, I didn't, I didn't qualify for any of those types of um, things. And so, you know, we had to, had to bob and weave and figure it out and do the best we could. And, um, you know, I had a, I had a consulting company that uh, paid probably $65,000 for um, to help me start up the practice, which I, I would not be um, a person they would call to, as a reference. And I was not very, very pleased. <laughs> you would, you would um, be a good testimonial for them? I'd be the last person they would call. Uh, and that was $65,000? Yeah, sixty-five. It's startup and, consulting. Uh, you know who it is. And then they. What does it um, rhyme with? No, I'm kidding. Don't do that. Yeah, don't do no, that. don't do that. Yeah, and I've got an NDA on this next one. So even if you guys know, don't um, say anything. So then they, you know, they put me in touch with a, a marketing company that I paid twenty-five grand for. That um, you know, when COVID hit, I was like, hey guys, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to pay you. Like I literally don't know if I'm gonna be able to pay you. So I need to just know how to make some updates to my website to just add little bits of con content. And so you know, I had a seven-page website, a logo 
some flyers that weren't printed yet. And I'd paid them $25,000. And, and they were like, no, no. They're like, no, we'll, we'll take care of it for them. I'm like, no, I really don't know if I'm going to be able to pay you. I need to know how to make some adjustments. They're like, no, like, you can't, you can't do it. I'm like, what do you mean you can't, you can't make adjustments? Like, well, I'm like, I want to know how to make adjustments. I paid you $25,000. Like, I want to be able to like, change some hours or do some things. Well, we don't want you to screw it up. I'm like, I'm like, I'm okay with that. I'll pay you to fix it if I screw it up. And they're like, no, actually you can't because you don't own your website. And okay. Then- I want you to hold right there, Trey. <laughs> Uh, there, because there's so many points that I want the listeners to listen to right now. Wait, we need to back up a few steps. Yeah. Okay. So let, let's. Okay. So wait. One thing I want to point out, and this happens very commonly. So you paid twenty five thousand dollars to a marketing company, and you don't own the URL. You don't actually own your own website. So I, what I, that I, is 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 actually that's actually extortion. Extortion. Because at any given moment, like, yeah, well, I know it's 25,000, but now it's 55,000. And dentists, we, you know, Peter and I, if, if we said it one time, so we said it a hundred times, a thousand times, dentists are getting victimized or, or taken advantage of rather by predatory practices. One such practice is this, and it happens so frequently. And not only the URL, Craig, but the hosting. So they will do the hosting and then say, well, we, we actually, if you're not in control of your own hosting, it's dangerous, right? Because right. it's predicated on your contract with that, with said marketing company. Right. So Trey, I know, I know you have some. some and then wait, one more thing I want to back yeah. into as well. So yeah, there's here. a couple of things. So the other thing was 60,000 hours. Trey, I actually didn't know that. We're going to touch in on this, Greg. I know. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. But you did that. You did these two things before owning a practice. And you did one other thing before owning a practice. And that was you left the Bulletproof um, Summit uh, the last week of February of 2020. The doors hadn't swung open yet. Your practice wasn't yet opened. And you enrolled, took one of the 16 spots and enrolled in the mastermind, sight unseen. So I think that just speaks volumes about who you are, that you were willing to, because there's a lot of people that say, oh yeah, I'd love to do it. There's a lot of money. You know, I'm not ready. I don't know if I should invest in that. You literally had not $1 of revenue and you invested. So I think that just speaks. Well, he used his bank. He used his bank loans for his build out money. I don't. Yes, TI money to get it. But that's. I agree. It speaks volumes. But let's back up some things. You try. So okay, right now you. Re- so you're working as an associate. You recognize that you. This is not the place for you. What were some of your steps as a diligence thing to doing from a site selection? What did you do for site selection? How did you choose your site? So we looked at, this was probably the best part of the, the consulting company. They, they helped me because at that time, I didn't, this was the very beginning of the process. You know, I'd been practicing for six months. So they, they kind of looked at some numbers with me and kind of told me what was good, what it wasn't. And not that you can't go find that in a book somewhere or go figure that yourself. But at that time, I just didn't know. So, you know, we- Well, you, you can't know, do site selection from a book, just to be clear. True, true. Okay. yeah. So, so they had run some numbers for me, but, um, but there's other, other ways you can get those same numbers. You know, we found a location that had a high median household income. I mean, it was, um, you know, the median household income in a three to five mile race is about $115,000, which is pretty good. Um, you know, anything north of 90 is pretty good. Um, and then, um, you know, and then, in, and actually, we looked at the dentist uh, population, uh, dentist to population ratio, and it wasn't great here. I mean, there's there's probably within what was it uh, one to eighteen hundred. Oh, wow. That is low. Okay. All right. Great. But this is great because we're going to, those of you who are listening along, you're going to see the end result. We're saving the punchline of how tremendous trade did by reaching out, by by branching out. We're going to share some of those statistics. But yes, if I had seen it at one to 1800, I would have probably even been like, hmm, maybe not. I don't know if I like this, but. But the key was for me is that 
you know, and I didn't know this first practice I've ever opened and, and I didn't know this. It's, it's not so much the numbers, but it's how sophisticated are those practices as well. You know, some of them are well-established and aren't actively marketing. You know, the, the number one uh, Google review leader was, um, had like 181 Google reviews at the time. And so that's within like a, you know, probably a three, three mile radius. And so the, just and their, their websites weren't that sophisticated. So the whole thing, you know, what kind of played off of, of yeah, all of the that. competition is not equal is what you're saying, right? Some right. people are just right. not even playing the game. Right. Craig, I'm about to tell you something that maybe you didn't even know. Uh, Craig, and I got to know Trey through coming to a lot of our summits, but Trey and I would communicate offline even before just on phone calls, even before the summit took place. And Trey was one of those people that, you know, I'm good at picking out. I know winners and uh, just talking to him and, and Craig, I don't even know if I told you this, but when he was going to branch out, he was kind of freaked out about the money and said, I said, look, I'll be your partner. I'll be your capital partner because you're going to win. You're going to win the dental game. And I'd like to, if you if you want me to hitch my wagon to you, I'm more than happy to uh, to invest in that. And ultimately, Trey, I forget what happened. I think maybe at the, that last stage in the game, I was like, dude, you don't need me. You don't I need remember me. that. Well, we were gonna, working a lot, like going over like really long-term strategic, strategic plans and yep. firing back and forth long documents. I, I, I was sent some of those documents, I remember. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. Um, so, Trey, what were some of the things that you did? Okay, so site selections from a diligence perspective, then you found your site, and let's dig into kind of your prep and how you got ready pre-opening. And so this you, you actually opened the doors, March 20th? Uh, no, it was uh, May 5th was May when 5th I, because COVID, you were about to open and then COVID put a smackdown right. on it. Got so, it. But you joined the mastermind in March of 2020, right? So like right. Craig was saying, you took your, you took your, you took your build out money, took one more leap of faith into a company because you've been, you've been shit on twice before <laughs> now with a marketing company and a startup consultant. Yeah, said, that's let me, amazing. Let me trust these guys yeah. with another $30,000 investment. Yeah. And, uh, and, and then you have COVID hit. And so I, I remember seeing the panic in your eye and having to be like, dude, it's going to be okay. I promise you this was the best investment. <laughs> You're not going to get screwed. Um, so talk through that a little bit, buddy. Yeah. So I, um, you know, pre, so pre COVID, you know, the things that I were doing was, you know, just the organic Facebook lives, just, just whatever you could do. You know, I exploited my kids any chance I got, you know, I, I put them on and, you know, asked my kid, he lost a tooth. So I asked him, you know, we asked Alexa, how, how much is the going rate for a tooth, which was a big hit. And um, just any little thing we could do, you know, I was doing a lot of ground marketing. This is again, before pre-COVID, I just literally cold walk into practices and or locations. And, you know, it was, you know, I, I would work on things like, what am I wearing? You know, like if I walk in looking like a, a business salesman, no one would pay me any attention, but I walk in and scrub scrubs. And- Scrubs, yeah, scrubs. If I had my name on it, it'd be even better. But I think I told you that. Yeah, I was like, what are you going in? You're like, I'm going in a coat and tie. I was like, going with scrubs, dude. Going okay. with scrubs. It was like dramatic. And like, I swear, it's like 50% of the time when I walk in in scrubs, I'd walk out with somebody's name and phone number. That used I would to happen at the bars for me too, Trey. I used to go to the <laughs> bars and scrubs and, and half the time I would walk out with phone numbers. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Craig. Craig, go ahead. That was a layup. Go ahead. <laughs> Jump in there, buddy. I know. That's how you met Stanley. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just like every time Peter like gives me a layup, I'm going to dunk on him. I have to. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Go ahead. I'm sorry. But that was like the physical pieces of it. But there were, I was diligent about getting as much of systems in place or learning how to run a business or learning how to, you know, the details, details of, you know, things like I had like 
what four ways to answer a phone call from, you know, all kinds of things or, or like financial policies or using things like compassionate finance and how we were going to do it and the details of how to make that work. Um, just all of the little details that would, that just set us up to be able to kind of hit the ground running. Um, and that's what it took a lot of time. And that, I thought I prepared a lot, like a lot for it. And when it really came down to it, I still felt like a fish out of water. And yeah. um, so it doesn't matter how much. Right? You didn't know what you were doing yet because you hadn't gotten into the game. Did you did you negotiate your own lease? I know that you didn't buy, so I'm going to go there. But did you negotiate your own lease? I used a, a third party, third party. Uh, not not the consulting company, but someone they put me in touch with. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Just curious. Okay. And so, how big is your operation now? What What did you when you when you did a build out? What did you build? Twenty four hundred square feet, seven ops, seven potential ops. And I squeezed them into 2,400 square feet. Okay. 24, 2,400, op, 2,400 square feet with seven operatories. Okay. So you're right at about 350 per op is the math. Yeah. And you I outfitted, outfitted three, three to start. Just three to start. Yeah. Everyone pushed me to do two. And I was like, um, no, I'm going to do three. I'm going to, I'm going to squeeze this budget and do three to start. When you say so, everybody, was that, was that me included? No, 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 no. I don't know if I, I don't think I ever asked you that. You didn't. Detail. So what, yeah. where are you now? So you built out three and where are you now? I'm at six now. I'd add a seventh, but we're, we're currently expanding. So we've got, which is, you know, part of the whole thing here, but we're expanding to potentially having a 14 op practice. So immediately have 11 ops in um, July, and then we'll have, we'll be able to retrofit our current waiting room into three more to have a 14 op practice in 4,800 square feet. So March, so let's just back up. Let's pause for a second. So right now you just told us that you're probably going to, you're expanding into a 14 op practice. And almost a year ago, you were in straight up pandemonium mode, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, we all worked, right? But you, you more so. You have two young children, a wife. Well, also uh, not qualifying for any of the aid. And a lot of people were panicked until they got their PPP and healthcare provider relief and stuff like that. It's that's that's the big part. You couldn't qualify for any. So, do you think fear was a big motivator for you, pal? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's and for me, that's how when I when I get in those modes, that's what that fuels me. Those high adrenaline, high fear, high anxiety. It's just when, when I, it's when I kick it into a whole nother gear. And, you know, sometimes I look for that even just to, to really push me. And so, you know, and it, it, it helped and, it, and even COVID, you know, I kept, kept saying, I kept telling my team over and over and over, like COVID's going to be the best thing ever happened to us. And um, it was on a lot of fronts and I, you know, was able to take advantage of a lot of different um, opportunities from it. And um, so and are I, you comfortable talking about your levels of, of production and we're not even at your year mark, I guess we're five days away. We're recording this on, on the 26th of, of April. So are you comfortable in giving people a scope of your success from a 12 month event? Yeah, no problem. Yeah. We um, you know right now to date, I ran the numbers where we've collected. Wait, before you say it, sorry, before you say it. Because we, as, as part of the mastermind group, we had you fill out a form in February before your practice had opened, before understanding COVID was going to shut you down for, you know, whatever amount of months, you wrote down what your collection goal was meant to be. And it, what was that? I could pull it up if you need it. Do you, I'm, sure you, I'm sure you remember it. Yeah, a million. 
million collections. A million dollars. So you're not, you haven't joined the mastermind yet. You're, you're just actually, you just joined it rather. We haven't had our first session. You don't know COVID's coming. You don't know COVID's going to shut you down and the world down and you have a million dollar collection goal. Okay. Now go ahead. Yeah. So we're, we're, um, we ended up hitting a million dollars, a little, little short of uh, 10 and a half months. So it was like 10, 10 months in a week. We'll clear 1.3 by May 5th. So right so now 30% we're, above your goal. Yeah. Your goal. We're at 1.1,285, I think, uh, right now. And then, um, and then, so we should clear that with we'll clear 1.3 pretty easy because we're open on Saturdays as well. So we've got the rest of this week and then Monday, Tuesday of next week. So we've got quite a few more days. And oh, I, I forgot this. There's, we still have, uh, we use a lot of cash and finance too on top of that. So I think there's like 115,000 cash and finance, probably 100,000 in interest payments owed too. So yeah, it's been a, been a crazy ride. So what do you think has been, if you, now that you've had a year under your belt and you've had just, you know, you've had the scars on the fear and the thing, what do you think was the secret sauce that led you? Obviously you're driven, you know, fear is not an option for you as I'm looking at your intake form here from the mastermind, like Craig is saying, and I'm sorry, a failure is not an option, not fear. What do you think? Some what was the in a crowded market? Technically, you were in a crowded market. So, what do you think was the special sauce? I mean, I don't. I personally don't think there was any one thing. First of all, let me just say this show was hard. Like this was hard. There was no cookbook. There's no. There's no recipe. There's no. You know. There's nothing to kind of go do this, then do this, then do this. It's it's you've got to be able to get in and grind every day, six seven days a week. I mean, at long hours, I mean, you've got to have, you've got to have your personal finances in check. Like they've got to be under control, low, you know, everything you can possibly do. I've eaten peanut butter and jellies for a year. You know, my first year I, I paid myself like 12 grand. So this is not all like roses this, for, and for everybody um, because I, I saved as much money as I could because if I was good, I needed, if I was going to build this expansion, I was going to do it with cash if I absolutely had to. And so the other thing, you know, you need to make sure your marriage is in check because this is going to, it's hard. It's a hard road and you can take, you can hit the easier button if you, if that's something that you want to do and not make this what I try, I forced my, well, I pushed myself to do. And, and so I, I guess if you look at it all, I mean, number one, you got to have a great team. I mean, I couldn't have done this without a great team and I've got a fantastic team. Holy cow. Any doctor in the country would love to walk in here and work with the, with the group of people that I have. Cause you can't do it by yourself, you know, not even, not even close. Um, and so that would be number one, make a great team, make a great environment. I mean, I have a, I have a saying, you know, we, we want to give great people a great place to work, you know, and that's kind of our number one thing that we try to do here. Um, it's simple. It's easy. It's kind of the, you know, the make America great easy slogan, you know, it's that it's, it, it resonates with everybody. And so, you know, so that would be, that would be one, just get ready for it, get ready to ride, grind this thing out. Um, because that's, that's the secret sauce, you know, pull patients from any direction, any location you possibly can and get, be willing to give them a great experience. And, and that's number one, all that. I think there's some more things than that. Is that, <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. more to it than that. Right? Yeah. It, yeah. yeah so you were not, you were unafraid to grind. And I remember getting text message from you saying, dude, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Right. Sure. Like, this is going to be, I'm going to have a meltdown. I'm going to have a breakdown. And you're right. Right. The, what people may take away in the beginning was like, wow, he did 1.3 his first year as a startup. Like, that sounds like I want that. But but it's a gut check time. Do you have the capacity? Do you have a stable, like you're saying, your home front, is it stable enough to do that? Are you willing to make the sacrifices? Because having $1.3 million doesn't mean that all of a sudden you're now driving a Porsche you know, or a Ferrari. You are, you are still sacrificing for a longer term gain. 
but now you've had the vehicle motion. So this is, you put in credits into your bucket that, you know, that later on you'll be able to take out. And maybe it's not for the next five years, maybe it's not for 10 years, but you're building something. And sometimes we all forget that it's not that immediate satisfaction. And, and unfortunately in today's day and age, we all want it now. We want it now. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad that you touched on that, Trey, because 1.3 does not mean, that mean Trey is now buying a mansion and, and, and living large, right? you're still putting in the work and that's important. And you've had a couple meltdowns and breakdowns along the way, right? That had to, you had to gut check yourself, you know, because it would have been way easier for you to be the associate, but you were making great money as an associate, great money. And you actually took a pay cut temporarily to do this. And so, but it's what you wanted and it was your why. And, and you knew that, you know, um, like we always talk about in kind of the vision creation. Another thing that you and did. I, I want to add something to that too. For you, Trey, it was the right thing for you to do. And I think that unfortunately in dentistry, we prescribe, we give everybody the same prescription. Here's the right thing for every dentist to do. The right thing, and the prescription oftentimes says the right thing for a dentist to do is to go out and do what you did. And it's just not right for everyone. A little bit of context and background. You're a professional cyclist. You're used to pain and dedication. I mean, to be a professional athlete. I mean, I read Lance Armstrong's book. I know enough about cycling to know that it's it's who can tolerate pain more. That's what really endurance cycling, what Lance says. Lance is like, it's a pain fest. It's not who can tolerate pain long enough. So you are built to tolerate pain. It's, it's in your DNA. And I think it's great that you did what you did, but in no way should this be this blanket prescription for everybody listening to this. More often than not, in my anecdotal experience, I meet dentists who actually have a $1 million practice and their overhead is such that their production, they're actually making 15 and 20% of their production. They would be far, and they hate running a business. They hate leading a team. They're always complaining about the hygienist. And for them, they chose the wrong prescription for their life. So kudos to you for knowing yourself. And I, we drilled into you, at least I did when I, cause Peter got to know you. I'm like, well, what do you really want? What do you really want? What do you really want? And then through all that, you're like, this is what you really want. And I, think most people don't ponder that question. They don't know themselves and they just jump. And there's going to be a lot of people like, oh shit, Trey did that. Oh damn, I'm going to do that too. Yeah. I mean, I'm making 300 grand as an associate, but you know what? I could be Trey. You can't be Trey. You got to be, you got to be all of Trey. There's a unique set of character traits that you have and you got to know yourself. If it's for a little, I would venture to say that you'd be happier as an owner of your practice, making less money than as an associate where you, you couldn't control your outcome because Absolutely. you're just that type of person. Yeah, 100%. And and again, like this, this is hard. It's hard. I don't, I don't care if you're going to do a startup or own your own practice. I mean, it, however hard you think it is, you can multiply that by two, three, and that's, that's what you can expect. And, you know, you've got, you you're got, saying that great, no amount of preparation can prepare you kind of thing. No, I feel like I was probably prepared more than anybody that I probably at one of the top percentages. And I still don't, I still felt like a, like I wasn't, I, I wasn't fully prepared because there's just things you can't get prepared for. There's situations that are going to come up with your team that you're not, there's things like COVID and what do you do with it? There's, you know, there's, there's all kinds of things to, to, that you can never account for and understand how it's fully going to work when I, I, until you actually open your doors. And so, I mean, 
I, I think if you go in the mindset of I'm never prepared, then you're always going to be at the maximum amount of prepared that you can possibly be with any given set of time that you have to, to work on it. All right, new for 2021, we want to invite everyone listening to join us on our private network. It's free to join. Join the conversation at bulletproof.dental. You can even download it in the app store. Just look for the Mighty Network app and you can download it there. But just point your browser to bulletproof.dental and join and sign up and start collaborating on um, some of the ideas we discuss on the podcast. Um, There's content there to download and um, it's all designed to help grow and stimulate us together. Hope everyone has a great day. The amount of energy that you put into your practice is the reason why you're rewarded for it. There's an equal, maybe I would venture to say that the dentistry is less effort than the, the ownership. What you lie in bed awake at night is not your margin. What you, what you're, it's about, it's all related to the decision of decisions of scale that you've decided to make. And I'd also venture to say that if you were the associate and you took all that energy that you've put in to growing your business into other growing businesses, real estate development, for example, or something else, you would be also having a massive return. So I think a question for the audience to list, to ask themselves is, do I, I want to be an entrepreneur? Do I want to be a dental entrepreneur? Because, you know, for guys like the three of us, if something happens to our practice or practices, we have no diversity. Our income and our assets are tied one to one. Whereas the Trey that's a rock star out there that's making three, 400 grand as an associate, he could put all this effort, the amount of effort that the three of us put into our businesses into real estate development. And now it's also, and I'm just talking entrepreneurial and return on investment. There's another subset of return on investment that comes where your income and your assets are now deleveraged and unhooked from each other. And it's a, it's a cool idea as well. So I think, uh, and the reason why I'm saying this is if you are the entrepreneur and you want to do it, the, there's many outlets. It's not just be, it's not just a dental entrepreneur. Well, it's a way of thinking too. And I think that was a big part of what has uh, kind of took some of the ceiling off of this. You know, I wasn't, I'm not, I'm not depending on a paycheck from, from this practice, or I'm taking as little as I possibly can to be able to, to survive with our family. And so when you do that, your mindset completely changes whenever you have a, you know, a $2,000 expense come up that you weren't prepared for, you know, or you've got, you know, you've got to add a 20, $25,000 treatment room that you, that it's like, it's not an expense for me. It's a, it's a way to, to grow and expand and make more money. Not a, let me squeeze every dollar that I can out of this practice. If I had squeezed it, I'd, I'd be sitting, you know, maybe at one, you know, one, right at a million somewhere or, or under, I think, but I, I, I was, I'm focused in what's the long-term goal, what's the biggest revenue. And we, and our, and our overhead still really good and checked. I mean, we're at 60% overhead. I mean, which is fantastic. And I, but, and I'm added, you know, three more treatment rooms on top of it. So there's, it's all of those pieces that have allowed, you know, that type of, growth and expansion, but it's a big mindset too. And how you think about your money. Ray, where are you currently with new patients? I think we averaged, we, we get a lot of new patients. Um, I think around, I think we averaged for the year each month, 126 new patients a month. And for the year. Okay. And what are you currently like tracking as of right now? Let's take the last month. Last month we were at 176 and this month we're at 
a hundred and we'll, we'll probably be around that again this month, but we've added another doctor. We've added more hours and and times available. And um, yeah. So the thing with that is that you, obviously you had good intake, you had good inflows and that didn't happen by mistake. You were in a competitive area, but yet now you're averaging 175 or plus new patients a month. And you've been able to step on the gas and keep stepping on the gas right through expansion. What would you say has been the biggest contributor to the interest that's been generated for your practice, right? Meaning the new patient uh, flow. So it's been, it's, it's kind of changed through time a little, but number one, the biggest thing we focused on was Google reviews. I mean, one, 100%. I mean, you know, my biggest goal for the team was, you know, I wanted to do one, have one more five-star review than the next closest practice around in, in a year. And, um, and we, and we topped that, we topped that this, this year. And so or, or, or last month we topped that. And, um, you know, Google reviews for me drives everything. It drives uh, how Google ranks you on keyword searches. It, it drives patients' um, acceptance and people come in and they'll say things like, oh, I trust you. And I'm like, you've never met me before. And they're like, oh, I read all the Google reviews. Um, and so- What's your number- process for, agri- for acquiring them, Trey? Just real quick, real if you have yeah. one. So I, I use a company called Flex that does our, our patient forms. And the only reason I really use them is because um, they'll send a they'll send a text message after the appointment. Just in it, I think most people probably use it as like a thank you for coming, and or not at all. You can just toggle it on or off. Well, in that I you know I kind of stole a, a line from Tim McNamara. and said you know if you had a if you had a great experience, it'd be really helpful if you left us a Google review and then left a, a shortened link you know using um, white white spark. Yeah, using the tool that uh, we had on yeah, Darren, the review Darren generator. Show. Yeah, I know the review URL generator. It's really, that's a game changer because it sends people right to the stars. But anyway, keep going, bud. So um, we just send that an hour afterwards. We were doing it, you know, we tried different time frames. We wanted them to get, you know, get home after they've had, uh, you know, their treatment done. And we just send them that link. And then that's all we do. And we ask for them. We ask for Google reviews. Um, it's something we do. But, um, and that's it. And so that's what's generated the, the you know, we have 192 Google reviews at this point. Probably do you know how you get 192 really bad Google reviews, by the way? ask for reviews and provide shitty service. So just want to hear, just want everybody to hear that it's not the easy button. Google reviews highlight your culture. It highlights the work you're already doing. So a lot of people are the biggest kept secret and that's good for them because their reviews, they they don't, people don't talk about them. They're, they're not doing good and they're not talking about them, which is actually helpful. So the first you have to, you have to really be iconic before you get, you know, iconic reviews. So that's, that was number one. That was the, what we focused on day one, that and hygiene recall. I mean, those, those were the two things I had to break down any two things. Those were number one, number two, you know, making sure that people had appointments after every time they left, you know, we just hammered those things in over and over and over. And, and what we started finding is people who read the Google reviews were more likely to leave you a Google review. So it just kind of, uh, kind of es- escalated from there. So that was one as far as like internal focus. And then, you know, for me, I, I was going from having a four to $6,000 marketing expense. And then, and then I went to, I, you know, to not having marketing. And, and so, cause I fired my marketing company. Um, and I Tell had a guy story a little bit. That was fun because okay. I, I helped, um, I, I remember being aggro with you on that. Yeah. I think, I think it's interesting. Cause I <laughs> still have that email. So, um, yeah, so I, 
back to the marketing company, you know, we're about a month before we're about to open. The shit hits the fan with the marketing company. And and uh, when I find out I don't own my website, I'm like, all right, I'm done. We're calling lawyers. We both, I mean, it got pretty bad pretty quick. And um, we both finally agreed to kind of part both ways. In the meantime, I had somebody that I found on upworks.com that create me a website. So, you know, in, in seven days, he created me a seven page website that looks better. And then the day that I agreed to, we could agree to part ways. I just pointed my domain from my current, which I did own my domain. Thank, thank goodness. Pointed it from that website to this new one. It went live. We said, see you later to the marketing company. And now I've got four or five grand a month to spend on marketing, you know, COVID's hit. So I don't have, um, you know, I've got time on my hands and, and other than having biweekly meetings with my team to get them prepared, prepared to take away the month, the several weeks of training that we were going to have. We did it all via Zoom before we even opened. So they were ready to go day one. And actually we were going to have a week's of week worth of training, but day two, the phone started ringing. So we just started going and then, but back to that. So I, you know, I've got this amount of money that I'd been, been spending every month that now I get to use however I want. So I, I started doing, I got, I dove into Google ads because, you know, my website's going to on page 10 of Google review on, on Google when you do a search um, for any keyword search. So I've got to find people a way to find me and come in, come in the door. So that was the first, the first one. And I, you know, I took a course in, um, you know, Google ads and you guys know this, but took a course on uh, Google ads and learned how to do my own Google ads. And instead of paying a company. Sorry, I know the answer to some of these, but I think it's good context for people to know. So you jumped in and you said, look, I don't know what I'm talking about here. I had a marketing company. I got taken advantage of because I really don't know what I'm doing. And I said, Trey, regardless of whether or not you do your marketing going forward, you need to become educated about the terms and the methodology of what people do. So I, I said, go take this course on Udemy. Um, yep. So so I, I just didn't want you to gloss over because you put in yep. you put in the work is where I'm going with this. Yeah, so I took a course on Udemy. It's U-D-E-M-Y. Udemy.com. And um, these courses, they're like 10, 12 bucks. I think they're, they're extremely cheap. Um, you get constant updates. You've got it for the rest of your life. And so, you know, I took this course, uh, Google ads course, and it gave me a really good uh, foundation and principles uh, to be able to run my own Google ads. I actually don't do a lot of what it, what was in it, but at least let me set it up because it was guy was doing it for like apparel, like uh, Nike shoes. And that's a little, a lot of different market than what, what we're in, but it let me set it up. It got my feet wet. You know, I, I ran some ads and, you know, I was spending 20, 20 to 50 bucks a day in the very beginning. And I was just to see if it worked. And I was just, let me just see if it worked. And, and it worked, it worked like a charm. And, but what I, what I started noticing and started analyzing it and I started realizing what was working. And, and what I found is that, you know, it was a small niche at the time of, of emergency dentistry that was really cheap for me to market for and really great returns. And what did we have? We had capacity at the very beginning. We had capacity, we had time. And I was searching for all the people, there are two, two types of people, the emergency patient and the patient that just wanted to get in and get their teeth clean. And I was trying to gobble up all these three months of patients that all these other practices in this area had that couldn't get them in in any reasonable amount of time because they were so backed up and so backlogged. And I just wanted the chance to get them in the door to see our brand new, clean, state-of-the-art facility and to give them a wow experience from a team that knew what they were doing, even though we were absolutely brand new because we spent those two months working on making us look like we didn't know what we were doing, which 
whether we did or didn't, we, we made it look like it. And so, so we, do, so once I found that with emergency ads and you think about it, it's like, okay, if I spend, call it a hundred dollars a day, I get one patient a day out of a Google ad on emergency, call it an extraction. You get one extraction out of that so five, you know, exam, x-ray, $300 extraction. You're looking at a four or $500 uh, procedure. I get one of those a week. It pays my Google ads. And so for us, you know, we're open Wednesday through Saturday at the time. I mean, holy cow, Saturday, I could market for, for pennies. I mean, dollars it, because nobody's open on Saturdays and everybody turns their Google ads off. So, I mean, Saturdays would just go insane for us. We'd see five or six new five or six patients on a Saturday now. So anyway, so I just doubled down on that. And now today, what's nice is I've got it all turned off just about because I don't, I don't need it. I don't use that avenue of collecting patients and new patients because we're working on internal patients now and squeezing those internal um, referrals and, and different, different, um, more quality, you know, not, not I don't mean quality, but like those long-term patients, not the one-time patients that come in for problems. Yeah, you got to a place where you look, that's the that's the holy grail where you get to a critical mass of an inflection point where you have enough patients where they you can a big portion becomes a referral basis for the next and next and next, right? So you dug into Google ads, which which you know we've talked about at length, kind of, but you also got into really producing some videos. I'm looking at your yeah. your uh you, you dug into that too because you saw that being leaving leaving some success for yourself. You said, all right, you know, leaving some crumbs for success. I should say, you said, oh, this is kind of working too. And I start, I started to see you dig into that. I mean, a couple of your videos, you've got 5,000 views, you know, and you just started creating content and yeah. storytelling marketing. Look, here's, here's a video that a smile makes the difference. You know, all the things you've been doing. So all this to say, you just didn't pop up an ad and, and, and hope and pray. You right. kept digging in, you kept titrating, you kept, you kept monitoring, you, you know, your ads and a Saturday, and you did it from an from a analytical perspective. What's working? What's not? Double down on this. You know, let's 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 stop this. And you yep. did it smart. You did it smart. So then, you know, so that that drove the initial part drove the initial Google reviews because you know you get someone in, get them out of pain, get their experience. You start picking up some patients, clientele, which then started building some. You know, patients would come back for cleanings. They would come back for other services. They would um, they would get their families in or tell their friends about us. And so you know, then we started building up some patient base that would that we then created those videos based off of. So we created these videos. People go and watch those videos, which are, you know, some of them are just emotional. Some of them are about my family. Some of them are about, you know, smile reveals. Some of them are about anything you, we could think of that could hold a patient's story, which then drove people to our Google reviews, which then drove people to just a nice website, which drove them to pick up the phone and calling. So it's kind of having those revolving doors. It wasn't just a nice website. What it was was a doctor who was friendly, he was talking on there. You, you were actually the talent on your website, which is a lot of people, what people want to and need to see. They need to see, is this doctor going to hurt me? You know, is, is he compassionate with his patients? Like you did all of that stuff. That's why I always tell dentists, I'm like, you got to get at least your picture on the damn website. You yeah, know? no more stock images. And no more stock images, right? And do some videos where you're actually being you, right? Who cares about if it's perfect production quality? Who cares? I know people, people get in their way with that. They don't like the way they, I mean, it's the same kind of problem. So average dentist, you know, typical dentist, unfortunately does not like the way they sound or look on video and uh, they don't do it. So it, it, it's really unfortunate because it's not really about you. 
it's like, if you believe in your ability to help people and you feel like you're the biggest secret kept, you know, the biggest kept secret, that's a you problem. You need to get out of your own way. I mean, who are you, what do you, why did you, why did you choose to become a dentist? You know? So I think that I, I, I deal with a lot of people that like, I just don't like the way I sound on video. It's not about you. You know, it's like, why did you become I mean, even the simplest selfie style video of, I became a dentist because I love to help people. I love to serve the community. I'm, you know, I'm married or I'm not married. My husband, my wife, whatever, just anything. Because people are scared shitless to go to the dentist. And anything they can consume before seeing you is a massive value add. And there's so many dentists that just pull up the stock images, happy lady eating salad, you know. I mean, I'm, you know, it's just crazy. The 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 lowest hanging fruit here. I one of our best videos I shot with my iPhone. And uh, all the pieces of it, you know, I, I, I pulled in these, it was late at night and I pulled in these lamps and just to get me some light because the lighting was terrible. And, you know, and I shot it and there's this, we spent maybe my wife and two kids spent maybe an hour trying to get this one cohesive shot of us. You know, we had stuff that we were going to say and blah, 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 or me, I was going to say, and it was the worst experience ever. It was, the kids were awful. Like they were tired and hungry and they did not want to be there. But there was one little piece of it where my daughter's I'm holding my daughter and she's like playing with my face. And then my son's doing this goofy wave saying like, hi there. And, and we use that intro into one of our videos and it is by far just been, because it's this real moment. People want to see that you're real, that you're normal, that you're this, this normal person and that they can relate to you. And, you know, like my, my bio on my website was like, we made it ridiculously long and looked for, any touch points that we could have with people, you know, I, you know, I, I cycling, I played baseball growing up, uh, you know, anything, my, my parents, you know, my blue collar parents and jobs that they did and, um, you know, anything that, about yourself that, that could be a touch point for someone. Cause that's what people care about. That's, they want to know you're real. They want to know that you're normal and that you're, you're just like them. And we just take up and take care of your teeth. Well, I mean, listen, nothing's more personal than a dentist. I mean, we're literally up in your space. Um, so it's we, we take it for granted because it's just normal for us to hover six or eight inches above someone's face. For many Americans, um, you know, going to the dentist ranks as their most fear, fear-inducing uh, thing. You know, outside of public speaking, it's like dentist. And just to be able to see a 30-second or one-minute clip of your dentist prior is huge. So we had an associate that was applying for a job here about a year ago, and um I scout, you know, I just Googled, you know, this person's name and she just happened to have won a Panky scholarship award, like when she was a freshman. So in her class, she got the um, academic scholarship to attend Panky and Panky required a two minute video submission. And it wasn't publicly listed, but I I found the video and it was just her saying why I became a dentist and instantly I I'd Google everybody, you know, when you're trying, when you're trying to get gather information, trying to, you know, anybody looking for a job and that video alone, I'm like, I found that video. And that was like, boom, it just jumps you so far ahead. So if I'm looking for a dentist in North in, the, in your area, in your particular area, and I have just five videos, I could just see you and just know who you are. I may not like everything I see about you or whatever, but at least you rather deal with the devil, you know, than the devil you don't. And just saying he looks like a nice guy, he's married or she's married or she seems nice or they can talk nicely. I'm okay with that. I'm no longer scared. 
I know, you know, my friend Diane said, go see Dr. Diane or whatever, Dr. Jones. I'm just going to go to this guy because I at least know them. And we have meet the provider videos that we're shooting out now. Dr. Lee Zell did a meet the provider. It was like 1500 clicks in our area. Just meet the provider. It's crazy. Yeah, that was huge. And, you know, and back to that whole circle, you know, it just all revolves to find some touch point to get them to pick up that phone, which was probably the next biggest thing. Like, you know, they've got to have a great first impression of that practice and someone who's knowledgeable and understands what's going on, understands financial policies and can get them in the door. And then that's when the whole the whole internal piece of it and magic really begins to happen. Yes, sir. You also do some things and then we'll get to a point where we can, we can wrap because I know you've got, you've got things to do today, bud. But, you know, from a, you started building your culture, even your team culture from an early, when it was a two-person team, right? I mean, it starts because you didn't want to wait until you got to a critical mass and say, all right, well, now let's, let's, let's be a company now and let's do some things. Like even your morning meetings, you set the tone of the day correct. And the fact that you do morning meetings, which a lot of people do not, which is weird. You, you actually brought, brought some cool energy. Tell, tell that story. So we, we don't do it anymore because we switched our speaker system. We're trying to try to figure out how to get this, this song. Tell me something good. Yeah. So we play, we, you know, I was finding, you know, we were starting to add people and, you know, I was getting like, all right, let's find a way to get things up and running get people excited. And two, I was tired of, of like hurting people to the morning meeting every morning. Like I'm like, all right. So, so I started playing the Shaka Khan song and the tell me something good. Uh, song to kind of start our day and we'd go have our morning meeting and we'd talk about something good. Um, and that's, that's how every day started and new people that came thought it was funny and they'd ask, well, what is that? Or why is he playing that? And then they, then they figure it out because it's got that funky beat and that funky intro. And, um, and so, you know, that was, that was a, that was a fun one that we did. Um, you know, and I, I'm big on, um, you know, just going around and, and, you know, trying to find one or two people a day and just, you know, picking something good that they did out on like a one-on-one personal basis. So just telling them like, thank hey, you know, like, Hey, good job there. Or, you know, Hey, great job closing that case. Or, um, you know, you did a really good job on something today or something we didn't have problems with. And, you know, that type of culture and, and, you know, growth really started to kind of grow on itself. And, and I don't, and I'll address, I'll address problems as soon as they happen. Like as soon as something happens or as soon as someone gets a little nippy now, cause we've got a lot of people that work here now. I mean, we've got probably 12 or 13, either full-time or permanent part-time people that work here. And, um, and so if something gets started, I just, we just pull it aside, address it and, get, and move on. Um, but those are all things that I guess people have grown and, and, um, you know, it's just the culture of, of having a great place to work again, giving great people, a great place to work. And, and like, if, if you're not great, you don't work here and vice versa. And so, and also, uh, um, so those are, these are the cool, like, uh, I look at like having a great place to work or creating a kind of culture or great culture, or, you know, working hard to, to build the practice. Um, people hear that stuff and then they, they say, okay, I want to build great, uh, great culture. How do I do that? And the answer is really, really, really hard. That's the problem. So, you know, I have the pleasure of knowing you for a while now and talking to you about a lot of different issues that have hit your, you know, come across the bow for you over the last year. And the, the, the unfortunate answer for those listening is that it really requires you to have exceptional character. And I know your character, you've had to navigate some tricky situations in your one year of practice ownership that were, it was like characters, what you do when no one else is watching. 
And I was the one that was watching because you had to ask Peter and I about these things like, hey, this is coming up. I'm like, what do you think you should do? And you always did the right thing. You have integrity. So if you want to have a great place to work, you have to be a great person to work for. And until you start figuring that out and the hard stuff that comes with it, you can't fake it. You'll always have a reset. You can fake it and you'll build a culture, but it'll be built on styrofoam. And then one thing that hits and you they see who you really are, it crumbles to the ground. But if you're a really great leader and you have cult, you have your own character set, you're building on stone. And I think that's a lesson that I've learned over time. You know, this fake it until you make it because we're all frauds in some area of our life, but you better backfill in that in authenticity with some bricks of good character. So I think that culture is great. And I say, again, it, you're a special person. You know, and I mean that as a compliment, but also as a warning to those who are not really that way. I, I have a, a friend of mine that was just lured into an associateship. Um, I, I don't blame, he wasn't lured. I, I guess he, he fooled himself, but the promise was 35% of collections, 35% lab bill, and you're going to be an owner. And the owner of the practice already had a Ferrari and it looked all great and everything is cool. You know, two months later, it's really 18% and nothing there. You know, they were giving him 35%, but then a 12% management fee on top. So imagine you collect a crown and you have the lab bill and then you get a 12% management fee on top of all that. So um, yeah, the easy, and, and I, I think we, we do ourselves a disservice in this consulting space. I'm using finger quotes for those who are listening, because I guess we're all consulting right now, telling everybody how easy it is. And it's fine if it's what you want, just know yourself and know that when people work for you, you're under a magnifying glass and you better have really exceptional character. Um, and you better not react and you better not be that guy that says, oh, you know how assistants are and oh, hygiene. I know how you put, treat your people, Trey. I know how you are. Any questionable integrity, any question of anything, and you are black and white. You're like, you, you've said it to me before. At a principle, I'm letting this, at a principle, I'm doing that. At a principle, I'm doing that. So, I mean, it's your character. It's cool. But it's also, you're special. <laughs> and I say that as a great thing for you, but also as a warning for those that are not. And just because that's where you are right now, for those listening, you can change your character. I mean, I'm reading a fantastic book. I don't know if I told you about it, uh, How to uh, Think Like a Roman Emperor. It's a story of Marcus Aurelius, you know, who's like the last of the emperors that was a Stoic. And I mean, geez, what amazing things that these people had to tolerate. You figure they're emperors, they could do whatever they want, but the guy had to eat so many shit sandwiches all along the way and still never tested it, never, it, and he tested his character and he was, it was very hard for these people, but um, I don't know where I came up with all that, but um, anyway, ground me somehow. Can we make this relevant? Can you close me out, Peter? I think what's most burning for me is like, what did you learn? Like, how are you more sophisticated now than you were what was your big takeaway from the year of 2020 or the past 12 months? What did you learn that you, that you didn't know going into it? And then what's next for you? Like, where are you headed? So what I learned is that I'm not the best at everything in the, in the beginning. I, I think in the beginning, you have to wear, you know, most of the hats. You just have to. But there's also things that, that I refuse to do. Like I, I use open dental and I, I, I refuse to learn open dental because I had so much going on. 
which some people may not agree with, but, you know, people come ask me, how do I do this? And I'd say, I'm like, I don't know, go Google it, you know, and they'd figure it out. Um, that's, I'd make them figure it out. And so for me, I, I, I'm learning how to develop the team so that the team can then take care of the practice because they're much, at, they're much better at a lot of other things than me as one person. So, uh, you know, I'm trying to back away and kind of check in and delegate with each individual people on key positions. So hire the right people. And then, you know, kind of like Craig says, get out of the way. And so for me, it's learning that I'm not the best at everything and that to continue to grow. And, and when I, it's funny, when I started doing that, that's when this practice just exploded. And that's when things really became profitable and better and, and people even enjoyed it even more. So that was number one. I mean, and it, it, it's a, it's a hard one to, it's a hard one to do. That would be probably my number one. Be able to reflect on yourself and learn how to, you know, realize what you're good at, what you're not good at, and be able to get out of your own way, first of all. And then once you get out of your own way, then learn to like let other people empower other people to take take what they're good at and run with it because they're going to be a lot better at it than you probably are. I mean, on, on a lot of fronts. Sometimes we are the bottleneck in our own organizations. I know that I was early on in my career. I wanted to do everything. I wanted to mount TVs. I wanted to sell the treatment. I wanted to enroll. I wanted to try and answer the phones if I could. I wanted to do all the, I wanted to do payroll. I wanted to do everything. And I sucked at a lot of that stuff. Until, like you said, your practice went poof when you, when you had that revelation of like, man, maybe I'll just focus on being a really good, you know, operator and a good marketer and doing the things that I like to do and letting my awesome team do awesome stuff and get out of their way and give them an objective. And, a, and like Craig says, a mission of where we're headed and then get out of the way and let everyone start rowing together. And that's the power of what I noticed, you, you know, what started happening in your ecosystem. And invest in yourself. I mean, you know, it's like uh, me coming out to the summits. I mean, those summits are huge. I mean, I've got, I mean, look here, it's on my desk. I mean, I've got freaking manual on my desk and oh, and by the way, my I, the doctor I hired met, met him this weekend. Mike Tyson. Uh, Mike Tyson. So what he's showing is the back. What everybody, sometimes people don't see the video, Trey. So I'm gonna I'll make sure to. Uh, what he's showing is the back of our field manual that you get at Summit. It pretty much has like everything Craig and I ever know about dentistry inside of it. But it has on the back of it, it has a funny picture of Mike Tyson. It has a quote that we think is funny. What does it say, Trey? Uh, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Yeah, which is such a truth, right? Yeah, everyone, yeah. we build these plans, and then and then all of a sudden you get hit. You get hit like you got gut punched several times along the way, right? You get hit and all of a sudden, you know, some people fold and curl up and die. Other people say, oh, shit, I better reevaluate this plan and right. when I get back up. But it's the, but it was that. It was that, you know, investing in those types of things. I mean, I probably spent $100,000 in business type CEs over you know, like two years, probably, you know, and a lot of it was your podcast. I mean, you can get a master's in level education, just listening to a lot of podcasts, your guys podcast, or, you know, in the, in the mastermind for me, it was just invaluable. I mean, it's just a, you know, being involved in a group of people that were close knit, that all had similar goals and um, all held each other accountable. And there were a lot of times, you know, I was down and dragging and struggling. And yet it was just, it was, I was wanting to prove myself to this group that I belong there and that I was, I could be part of this really incredible group of doctors. So it, it all went together and, you know, take the money and invest in yourselves, you know, how to polish your preps or, you know, there's important pieces of the dentistry and clinical piece of it. But, you know, at the end of the day, we're taking care of people and we're trying to make people happy. We're creating great teams with good cultures, which 
that to me is what matters. And, and yes, you've got to be able to do nice clinical dentistry and you've got to be able to perform and, and use nice labs and cut nice preps, of course. But at the same time, if you're not doing those, you know, if you don't have that team that all comes together, that puts those pieces in place, then it, it, none of it really matters. Laval is always saying that um, if you have these old problems, like the problems of character and like all the human stuff that we face, the best people to listen to that are like, or learn from are the guys that thought the stuff up for 2000 years. New problems require new teachers. If you want to learn about Bitcoin, go pick Peter's brain. You want to learn about like the human dilemma and the dilemmas that we all face as leaders and owners and you know, fathers and wives and, and parents that that's go to the old philosophers. And uh, it was just amazing. Yeah. The obstacle is the way by Ryan holiday. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Just so into that lately. So a little book tip for y'all. That's it. I'm going to, I'm done with my book tips for today. Yeah, man, it's been a joy to get to know you not only as a, as a clinician and, and entrepreneur, but as a, just, you know, a good guy who's leading the family and uh, just really, really proud to be able to root from you from the sidelines, but yeah, thank you guys for everything. It's been a it's been a wild and crazy ride, but it's been fun. It's been worth it, and I, I've loved every minute of it. So thank you Likewise. guys for tuning out, and we'll see you next time.